ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles, one on the buttons this evening. And we have El Jim here tonight with us as well. He was gone last, was it last week? Yeah, that's Spanish for the gym. Yes. For those who don't speak Spanish. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think the listener does I, too. I feel like, you know, you're just so used to talking to me and hanging out with me. So much insp- And you forget that like, oh, some other people like don't basically speak Spanish. Right. Like I do, basically. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And I think the listener does too. Yeah. So I just want, for those of you who don't speak don't Spanish. Know. El gym. The gym. Yeah. Which is also El Sweet, which is Spanish for the sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh so man yeah yeah it's great to have you back jim thank you so much for being here do you know i just i think this is hilarious uh because we're like doing we do some spanish words with the kids right so you do pamela yeah pamela made like this sign that said in spanish like would you pass me the blank por favor and like pass me is literally passame 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 one it literally is just passame all one word hilarious <laughs> I love it. Like uh, in Latin, if you were to say he ate it, the verb is ate it. That's how you say he ate something. Mm-hmm. The verb you use is ate it. Awesome. I can remember those. I can, yeah. Those are the ones I like. I because that one's like, on the test. Got that one. Yeah. Na- <laughs> I, I can remember that. That's, I got it locked that in. In my capabilities. Yeah. Nice. Well, this evening we're drinking uh, Templeton Rye whiskey. We've been on a rye kick a lot, I think, recently, haven't we? Uh, yeah, I not a, I don't think on purpose, but yeah, we had that one. What was the one that was like? It was a blended. It had some rye in it recently, mm-hmm. and that we really liked. What mm-hmm. was that one? I don't remember. Uh, was it Old Forester, nineteen twenty? I, I don't remember. Okay, so it didn't even matter if I tell you what it is. I mean, the sure. Caribou Blue. No, I don't think it was that. Uh, Corner Creek. I don't, I don't remember drinking that one. Yeah, it has the little uh, caribou on the top. Anyway. I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever. But well, yes, yeah, I think we have been on <laughs> somewhat of a rye kick. This is a 10-year-old rye. Yes. So I'm, I'm interested, because we've had Templeton rye before. We've had the four. I think we may have even had the six. I can't recall. I don't, I don't know what their selection, I mean, I don't know what they offer, but we haven't had the 10-year. So, so I'm excited about this. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Juan, do you want to give a toast? You haven't given a toast maybe in a while. Do you want to give a toast? Who's he toasting to? 
I don't know. Whoever he wants to. To Mr. Templeton? If he... I don't know. Mr. Do you want to say anything, Juan? I'll give a toast. Okay. To the 13 fallen, fallen Marines that we had this, okay. this week. I, I, I raised my glass to their bravery in the protection of others. And I ask that they may intercede on our behalf, if that be God's will, to encourage us in the battle of spiritual and earthly struggles that we have. So cheers to you, and thank you for your service. You're here. You're here. The the no like so I like mm. n- nosing mm. rye whiskeys because it's always very impactful. It's it's very in your face. It's get, it's very much like peated scotch, like yeah. on the same realm of peated yeah. scotch. Like when you when you nose a rye whiskey, it's kind of equivalent to nosing a uh, peated scotch. Yeah, don't dive right in. Like don't get too deep. Right. Yeah. You, like singe your nose hairs or something. Yeah. So it has this uh, like toasted brown sugar vanilla. A little like caramel. Mm-hmm. Do I say caramel or caramel? I, I say, say caramel. I say caramel. I say caramel. And honestly, like if you say caramel, that's fine. You're just wrong. Right. It's just like, come on. Why are you being you, weird? You ta- Why are you being weird? <laughs> Why are you being weird? Ta- what, what was it like? Um. So I get uh, um, like dried licorice. When I like, that's really what that's that's what hit me. It wasn't, it was not, it did not, it was not, not what I expected it to be. You know what I mean? It doesn't taste like what I thought it was going to taste like. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's, uh, man, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't put my, my finger something on else, this. There's something else there that, yeah, I'm trying to, like. I can't. It's something else that I know. It's a flavor that I am saying, I know what that is. I can't put my, what do you think, Jim? Is this on your yummy scale? Yes. It is yummy. It's it a pa- is. Jim uh, has a pass, fail, yummy, or I not. I some sherry. Uh, no, it's more, than, it's more than pass, fail, yummy. Sometimes it's more than yummy, and I forget what he says then. But Muy yummy. But, like, for the most part, it's, <laughs> it's yummy or not. Yeah. Which, personally, I like. So, <laughs> so this is about <laughs> this a $90 is bottle. Tasty. Wow. So, it's on the more expensive side. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is on the expensive side. It seems like rye whiskeys are like that, where you can have some rye whiskeys that are, you know, very, speaking very of which, expensive. Oh. And speaking put a lot of, of speaking them of are. expensive whiskeys, you know what we need to do? Tell we me. have a baby bottle coming up that we need yes. to figure out quickly. Mm. So, uh, Juan's uh, beautiful wife Joan is about what thirty six weeks, thirty five weeks, something like that. No. Oh, maybe 30? It's due in December. Oh, it's due in December. Okay, okay, we got time. We have time. Good. Good. There's somebody else, one of our friends that is 30. 30 Derek. 30. Derek. Yeah, yeah. Derek Lissy. Derek, Derek uh, Whitney. If you have any suggestions for us as the listener, yeah, so what tweet we, us. Hey, why don't you tell us what uh, our baby bottle is? So, so we, started who, this, we started this a long time ago as a, like a way to justify buying an expensive bottle of scotch <laughs> to With Elizabeth. Wives. Yeah, with Elizabeth, my my oldest, and um, so what we do is like we pool our money and we buy a really nice bottle of scotch. And in the past, what we've done is we've all had one pour, and you know at the end we mark 
Sharpie because none of us trusted each other. So like not sip, you know, just like little I don't, nips. I don't just a little nip siphoning here off. and there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, and then we would mark like, you know, whose ba- baby it is. So, so now we've gotten to the point where, and we've added a couple people like, uh, sometimes, you know, have been drinking it with us. And so it's like, well, when you have like more than one pour between four people, or if there's, especially if there's more, that's just like a whole bottle of, of whiskey. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we just buy one bottle for each baby. And that is the baby bottle. We celebrate when one of us, I didn't even say the, that yeah. part. When one of us has a baby, right. we celebrate by buying this ex- nice bottle of scotch or whiskey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want it to be something that's like, you know, expensive. beyond Something we're not going to have on right. a regular basis. Like it's, it's hard for me to justify a $100 bottle, but if we're all throwing in $100 and we can get a $300 bottle, right. that's pretty epic. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. So if you have any good suggestions for us, mm-hmm. tweet us at go. the Catholic Man Show, yeah, and tell us what you think we should get. I remember what rye was it? It was the rabbit hole rye that we had last time. We haven't had that in a long time. That was a long time ago. But yeah. one, I brought that one again, thinking, oh, we haven't had this one, and that was the one that we had had uh, already. Okay. Well, so we're uh. We're like three weeks out, I think, from the, the camp out. And Juan told me today that he has finalized the uh, menu for the camp out. He said he was that driving awesome. back from, from Vanita and he was getting very tired. And he was thinking, what can I do that would like get me excited, like get me pumped up? And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll think. I'll ponder, fi- I'm going to ponder I'm, the menu. I'm going to ponder. I'm going to finalize the Catholic Man Show menu. And he said from then on, he like, he didn't blink. He was so excited. <laughs> And he started doing, what do you call that? You know, when people like get excited and they like clap their hands, swing their hand back and forth and it makes a slapping sound. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. What do you call that? What's know. that called? I, don't know. I could see him doing that. Okay. He's like, oh, Getting I'm excited. tired. What, what? I've heard what it called Brazilian about? snap. The Brazilian snap? I've heard it called like that, but I don't nice. know. That could, so, I mean, that could work. Anyway, I'm really pumped about that. That's going to be awesome. Is it a secret? What? What the menu is? Oh, I don't know. He didn't tell me. Oh, okay. We'll we'll keep it a secret then. Yeah, don't tell don't tell us one. Yeah. Don't spoil it. Dave, how's uh are are you finalizing your reading like the that Acedia book? Have you completed uh, that? Or have you taken I a- am over halfway. No, I I uh knock out like a page or two a week. Okay. <laughs> so in twenty twenty seven we are gonna have an- I'm, over, I'm over halfway. <laughs> We are gonna have a great book on a CD. That is hilarious. Like, but the thing is, like, it's I been would a week. Finish it, but I'll just wait till tomorrow. Well, so I, I have like sometimes five minutes at the end of adoration, right, to read, and so I will. And it's just a slow way to do it because it's been a week since. So it's like, well, let me go back a page so I can refresh my mind, like get back on track. Where and you know that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And then you get about two pages in, and well, time to go. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> See you later. Great, great hanging out. Yeah. All right. When we get back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how sin is bad this week. This is something that we all sin should know. Very bad. So when we get back, we'll talk about the gear that'll go into our topic. We'll be right back.
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We've got the gang all here. We got Adam. I'm sorry. We got Juan and Jim. Adam is here though. I, said I am that. here. I did say that though already. We're drinking a little Templeton Ten Year Rye, which is good. I'm not sure it hits my ninety dollar threshold. No, but you know, I I'm you, kind of known for, for hating on expensive whiskeys. That's true. Yeah, you the, do. Uh, the one though that I've I've said before, Octomore was incredible. That, that one, one was that one like it absolutely was worth blew it. my mind. Yeah, it was worth it, especially since I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely made it worth it. <laughs> All the whiskeys are worth it if I don't have to pay for yeah. it. That is true. Uh, yeah. Good point there, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about prayer. Uh, we're going to talk about our the man gear today is actually going to be a book we've talked about it before. I don't, I don't think we've actually had it as a gear, but it's called Intro to Devout Life by Saint Francis Lascelles. Um, this is the this is the translation that I have. It's from Paraclete Giants, and it looks really big right it looks like a it big does book. look big however the reason why i like this book is uh, this translation is because it's actually the length of it is actually half of this so on the, the pictures on, on the other half it coloring yeah, yeah. Uh, on the left side is the actual translation on the right side are all of his footnotes or all of his like commentary the uh translators, the translators commentary and it and his, he's really good at translating or well <laughs> at translating yes he's but but his commentary really good at like knowing the words his commentary is really helps you as you're going in to understand I can see that what what who he's writing to what his purpose is and so uh just giving context into uh, like what he's saying right you know? because that's uh, and, a that's and, a huge and, part uh, of what you're writing right and I, as you can tell like if you use a page Basically, every two pages is is one page of commentary. It really helps you. Uh, well, every under- page is one page of. I mean, because it's like every two one, pages is one, one is well, one page two page of the book, right? Right. But one page of the translation gets one page of commentary. Correct. Yeah, so it's one. So it's it, it's really helpful. I really I've it, this is one. This is a book that I try to go back and read once a year. Uh, yeah. I don't always go back. You know, it's not always, but it's one of those I'm now picking up again uh, to read during adoration and the reason why i'm doing that i have to thank my uh, spiritual director for this because in, in one of our last in one of my last spiritual direction meetings is that what you call them yeah um, sure he's he gave me a he told me to categorize the books that i read into three categories yeah and i remember telling you that and like as your spiritual director giving you that advice you're definitely not my spiritual director. <laughs> um, although you have helped me in my I could, spiritual I life, could, I could be if you asked quite me a bit. Be. Sure. Uh, so he asked me to categorize uh, the books that I read into three different categories. One is the type of book that you would bring to adoration that would elevate your heart and soul 
to Christ. You know yeah. that that you don't actually read, you know, page to, you know every single page really fast. You, it's one of those like uh, Divine Mercy chap or the uh, uh, Faustina book, yeah. her diary. Yeah. Like that's not a book that you just you just run through really fast. It's no. a it's a slow well, book. Even if you try, you can't. Right. It's it's, it's really big, really long. Right. Enter to the Valley. Even though they print it in this. Tiny little booklet, the right. thing. You're thinking like, oh, this won't take me long. I got it. And it's like, all right, that's like that's the kind very of book I can read, right? Then that you realize the, pa- the like the pages. These are the thinnest pages, <laughs> like on known to man. Mm-hmm. Like we broke we broke the barriers of physics when we printed these pages, and like in how thin they are. Yeah. So he said, uh, put it into that category, and another category is one like that you'd put uh, fiction books, things that are just for fun books. And the other category is th- books that push you intellectually. And he said, like, figure out where, you know, how when you're reading books, where these where it falls into. And that way you understand kind of like what you're reading, what you should be reading. Maybe maybe you stop reading a little bit of, uh, of one of these to, to help with the other, other side. And so uh, one of the books that I had been reading was Intro to the Bat Life during adora- uh, Adoration, typically. Like, yeah. I try to read like maybe one or two pages in adoration, then kind of stew over That's, it. That is the proper thing to do in adoration, really, is um, I used to go to adoration, and that would be my spiritual reading time. You know, I, it's not like I was reading fiction. You mm-hmm. know, I was reading, that was like, I was reading good, holy books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, you know, I got a lot out of that. Um, but really, the better thing to do is to bring something like this book where you can read maybe a sentence. Uh, maybe a paragraph, maybe a page, mm-hmm. um, maybe a chap, maybe a chapter. But then stop and meditate on that, like be- right. before the Lord. Like uh, the the purpose of bringing a book to adoration is not to read the book, but is to have the book be a launching point into a, like a deeper union with Christ. Right. Like now, it's sort of like a. Uh, the monk who was who they asked, "Is it okay to smoke a cigar while you're praying?" And he said, "No, but it's okay. It's but it's a great idea to pray while you're smoking a cigar." Okay, so like if this is your adoration time, you should use it wisely. Don't don't show up just to finish your book. But if you have a book, a spiritual book you would like to finish, you can go to adoration to read it. Do you see the difference? Mm-hmm, I do. Because there's a there's a key distinction. Like if this is your adoration hour, this is like. If you're uh, listening to us and you don't have an adoration hour, you need to get one. Like, if you're serious about growing in holiness and you don't have a weekly hour of adoration, then you're then you're fooling yourself. You're actually not all that serious, or just you just didn't know that that was an essential thing. And so now I'm telling you that it's you have to have you have to have a you need to spend time with our Lord an hour in adoration and, every week if you want to like if you want to grow in holiness, <clears throat> it's an essential element. Mm-hmm. So if that's your hour, guard it well. That's time for meditation. Uh, but but feel free to come and spend more time with him doing other things. Like, I know people who would go and do their homework in adoration. And, you know, like, depending on what the setting is, I mean, I think that could be, that could be okay. I mean, as long as you're not bothering other people. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can go and do other things with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's good, too. Absolutely. Sorry, that was a tangent. No, I liked it. No, it was good. Um, but this, so the intro to the Bat Life is basically like having a spiritual director. Yeah. So tell a bit. This is Francis de Sales. He's writing right. this. 
give it like the just the premise of the book. So he's writing to a a, a lay woman actually uh-huh. uh, on on basically how to get into a devout a serious life of holiness. Like what what are the proper steps to do? Like how how. I like it also because it's very pragmatic. Like it's very like practical. You you understand? Here's the steps. Mm-hmm. You you want to know it? Here are the steps to grow in holiness. Uh, and and so that's what we'll we'll be talking about today as and well. It's written for a layperson. It is written for a layperson. Yeah. Did did I not? Say you did. That? You say that, but okay. I just think that you know uh, a lot of these books, <clears throat> some like some of the writings of Saint uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas or whatever, they're writing to other uh, monks or mm. fellow priests. You know when they're talking about holiness from like because holiness is approached differently from different Depends with different vocations your you know vocation sure it's approached differently as a mother than it is as a father even so um it's nice that here is a saint and saint francis de sales is his writings are incredible i mean he's he's like the man um and so like he's writing this to a, a layperson, right. not to a another monk uh, which is Makes an important distinction. Absolutely, it does. Yes, and I I also like it because he all, so like I said, it, it's very pragmatic. So like when he talks about prayer, which we'll talk a little bit about today as well. But when he talks about like here's how to uh, like like develop mental prayer, he goes he stops the book and he writes I think ten or twelve different meditations to go through, and here's here's how you meditate. Like so, you meditate on hell. You know, and then meditate, meditate on heaven, and then med- meditate on what sin is, meditate on what virtue is, meditate, mm-hmm. and like so, he goes through all these things and how to meditate on these and the proper way to meditate on them, um, to, and then he'll get back to the book. So it's not just a go meditate on sin, and then move, and then he moves on. It's like no, no, no. He tells you how to do it. Here's how you meditate on sin. That's good. Which That's is good. Um, for me, for a guy who needs that kind of direction is really good. I think this is a book that every Catholic needs in their library. I agree. I mean, this is this, this is, is one of this the... is a book that you won't just read and then like sit on your shelf as like a trophy, which mm-hmm. also is nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like when your other Catholic friends come over, you can be like, "Oh yeah, I read that book. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Let's talk." And then you can talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes just having it there launches a good conversation. And you get to brag a little bit that you did. Oh, I did read it. Yeah, I read a story of a soul, of course. I mean, come on. You haven't read it? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is one that you'll actually go back and pick up again and again and again. Uh, right. Because you could just start over. When you finish, just start over. Yes. You know, and keep, it's, I mean, keep it's going like, through it again It's on the same again. level to me as like uh, ways of mental prayer. Or the life of or Christ. Kind life of Christ. Or is similar in true that devotion way. Yes. From Louis de Montfort. Um, yeah, I mean, all I think life of, of Christ is similar. That it's you know like, oh, here's things for you to work on, uh, you know, where you could just read one page, yeah, and that, that's enough. You don't need to ever How's, read. More how than one how page. is your sp- spiritual direction going? Um, I haven't been in a while. Um, it you know we got my spiritual director Bishop Slattery. Um, he he wasn't seeing people you know for a while during sure. corona during the coronavirus. I have been since, mm-hmm. um, and then over the summer I just haven't had time to. You've been, you've been gone, yeah. But so, how's your so how's like, your spiritual life? Uh, it's it has uh, been better. It has been worse, um, but it's going well. The Lord loves me a lot. He does love you a lot. Yes, and I know that. That's good. Yeah, and he I I feel it in prayer. I've been um really getting into. Like, and this is something hopefully we can do an episode on. It's like the power of the name of Jesus. 
and just like oh, just like that okay his name man oh yeah it is it's powerful that's why I try to bow my, bow my head every time yeah Okay, so when we get back, we'll jump into this topic, uh, talking about sin, detachment of sin, and the necessity of prayer. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. So we have a men's group every that meets every Friday. I did not get a chance to go this week, but you guys had a talk. You guys talked about something that I want you to tell me about because I haven't actually asked you about it yet. But you guys had something where you guys were talking about going to mass every sa- every day. Yeah. Okay. So actually, when we had our episode with the Tyrannies mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Tyranny, I forget his first Jim. name, Jim. Thank you. Uh, he made a Gene. comment. Gene. Should have remembered. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Mr. Tierney. But he made the comment that he tries to go to Mass every day. And on the episode, I tried to hide my shame because I was on camera. <laughs> right. But it was right. like, just thinking, why don't I do that? I should totally go to Mass every day if I can. And I can. I totally could most days. Obviously, there are some days where it would be uh, a burden on my family, I think, if I tried to like make it a hard and fast rule. No, I'm sorry. I have to go, to, you know, like mm-hmm. it becomes a burden on other people who have to, you know, whatever. But I was just thinking that at my, if I were to die right now and was going to be judged, I would be ashamed of a lot of things, even in my, like, immediate past I mean, like today yesterday but i would think i think i would be ashamed that i don't go to mass every day why don't i do that i should be doing that we like we should all be going to mass more often like, i agree if I we mean, can, if we can if you can go every day we should totally be doing that i mean, I mean like well, i mean like what like pope Pius the why said, like we? the eucharist is the surest and quickest way to heaven yeah if we believe that I'll bet Jim. Jim, do you go to Mass every day? Not in a while. He used, uh, before COVID, you were going every every day. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I agree. So that's what I was thinking about. And it just so happens that our buddy Scott had, that had been like on his heart. He, he told me for like a month or long, or a long time. I forget exactly the time frame. Mm-hmm. But uh, that when I said that, it was like, oh my gosh, like that was meant for him. And so now he's, he like made a commitment right then and there that day. I'm going to mass every day that I can, that I can. So like, I'm going to try to start doing that. My plan was to wait until Advent. And what I was going to do for Advent was in the first week of Advent, add one, one extra mass a week. Cause I used to go on Fridays mornings right after adoration, but now our men's group is then. And so, right. Um, so I was going to add one, one mass the first week, add two masses the second week, three. So on the fourth week of Advent, you're going to you know, five, five masses total that week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might have to start sooner because like Scott's all gung ho about it. And it's like, well, and I told him, he's like, who's do, who's do it with me? And yeah. I was like, well, it was kind of my idea. So I guess I will. 
I don't know. I don't know expect why you, you to take it up so quickly, Scott. I don't know why you guys have all the best ideas when I'm not there. Well, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know what the common denominator but is, but how? I think just the conversation seems to go so much better. holier and stuff. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> probably not a lie. So anyway, how it really came about was, uh, which is in connection to what you were saying earlier. When I asked my spiritual director, we, we go went over some practices, and I was saying, well, I'm struggling to decide whether to commit to an hour of adoration a week or go another day of Holy Mass, because I usually go once a week. And without skipping a beat, he told me, twice a week. Go Holy to Mass. mass. Go Holy to Holy Mass, mass twice yep. a week. Holy Mass, for sure. And then see where it goes from there. Yep. So, totally. Yeah. I think t- also... You, you can't beat the intimate union. So I had that struggle... A few few years ago, when I was thinking about like either adding another mass, I think it's during Lent. I, I was going to try to either pick up another uh, adoration or 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 another mass, and I was trying to de- decide which one I was going to do. And I realized I was gravitating towards the holy uh, uh, going to adoration over holy mass. And I realized I think the reason why is because I have more control yeah. in adoration. I, I get, get to do I what to I want stuff. to do. Yeah, in adoration. In adoration. Uh, I don't at Holy Mass, and I realized. Okay, once that thought came into my mind, I thought, okay, that that seals the deal. I mean, Holy Mass though, you can knock it out in like twenty minutes, depending if you go to the right parish, because you know? <laughs> that's what it's all about. Right. Uh, so, okay, so let's get into the topic. So we're talking about uh, becoming holier, entering into the devout life. That sin is bad. And uh, the first thing that he talks about, obviously, we have to uh, stop mortally sinning. Right, so there's venial sin, there's mortal sin. Mortal sin separates us from God. There's three things that has to be involved in mortal sin. Dave, they are uh, full knowledge, full consent, and full will. And grave matter. Grave, grave matter. matter. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, you wait, skipped. Are you said will one. and full consent? Yeah. yeah. So you have to know it's bad. It has to be bad. It has to be bad. You have to know it's bad, and you, and have, you have to, to choose, choose to do, to do it, it anyway. freely anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so we have to. Uh, have this purification process of of stop committing uh, mortal sin, and he he obviously says the, the 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 remedy here is is confession. Start going to confession more. Yeah. Um, and then he says, I really I want to get your thoughts on this because he says you should meditate on four things on what happens whenever you commit mortal sin. He says by by the uh, he says sin, but by this he means mortal sin. By sin you have lost the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You have abandoned your place in paradise. You've accepted the eternal pains of hell, and you've renounced God's eternal love. Yeah, I mean those are all true, and it's like those think by thinking about that, it really puts it in perspective, right? What you're doing, and that, and he has these meditations that follow this on how to actually really meditate upon, like what does this really mean? What does it really mean that you've abandoned your place in paradise? Yeah, what does it really mean? That you uh, are you are now going to hell, mm-hmm. um, and he uses like some very d- descriptive language of like what what hell is going to be, how it's going to uh, you know invade all of your senses. It's not going to be just this fire you know that we think of, but it'll invade invade your senses like the sense of smell, the sulfur, the screaming, the yelling, the 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 sight of uh, of evil, the the disparity of not being able to be united with your creator, the one who made you, the you're made to be with him and now you will never be able to be with him. Yeah. All these things that happen in hell that we don't actually really think about. Like I don't 
really ponder the sense of smell and hell. Right, or at least I, yeah. you know, until I, I don't, st- don't even really want to know. Actually, I don't. Well, but um, by by knowing it, it, or at least by pondering that it's a possibility. Right, po- it's, a, it's, poss- it's possible. Burnt flesh. Yes. Burnt flesh. Yeah, I, yeah, I have. It's but it's it's possible that one day I might know because of this sin that I just because committed. right. I mean, I think that's really none of us would sin. At all, venial, mortal. I don't think any of us would commit any sins if we if we actually understood the gravity of even the smallest sin. You know, something that we just cannot see on this side of the veil. I think that through meditation like this, you can come to a, a better, deeper, maybe like fairly good grasp mm-hmm. of uh, the consequences and like the real, the, the reality, you know, really of it. what it is, like what right. you're doing. Um, and to whom you're doing it. But uh, really, we can't fully know it. Um, mm-hmm. Because, and sometimes that's a grace. So, I mean, it's, it's a grace most of the time that God does not reveal your true self to you. If you could see yourself in your sins, um, I think that we would despair uh, and, and, like, and maybe would just die. I mean, I think we would just be overcome, and we would just die, uh, if not by by the grace of God, right? If we were to have that without His saving intervention. So, for the most part, I think it's a it's a mercy that He doesn't show us our ugliness, um, the ugliness of our sin. Not, I don't want to say our ugliness as if like we as human beings are right. ugly, because we as as people are actually good and beautiful, mm-hmm. but we our sins are hideous. Right. Um, far, far, gro- far more grotesque than the the most the most awful thing you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also highly recommends and thinks that it's extremely useful to have a general confession. Have you ever made a general general confession? No, I haven't. So I made a general. I confession. have inquired about it one time. I made a general confession uh, probably about six years ago, and it was. I, I highly recommend doing it. Yeah. Uh, so what it is is it is a and it takes time to I do. I also would like to do it. You you need to like take it seriously and take take your time. So what it is is you, you know you typically schedule it with a priest and you sit down and you make a quote unquote general general confession, meaning all the sins that you can think of um, from the moment you first sin to today um, of everything that you've ever done. It's a lot of stuff. And um, and that kind of like just. Well, I mean, it's just a, a huge grace bomb uh, of uh, that God gives us the, uh, of mercy yeah. and and uh, repentance and, and you know just you know what happened to me? I just know this would happen. I would spend like four or five hours writing stuff down <laughs> in preparation and then forget the list. <laughs> no, I no, and I'd bring it with me, and I'd be like, for hours I'd got the list, and now I'm going to spend more hours like thinking what else is on the list. Maybe I add a couple things. And I go and I do my confession. And as soon as I walk out, You're I like, remember I something else. I forgot this one. I remember one other thing. It's like, dang it! <laughs> Just turn around and walk right back in. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the things he also says uh, in regards to if you're trying to take your, uh, you know, purge, you know, this mortal sin in your life, he yeah. says uh, one of the serious responsibilities of a person committed committed to a moral and devout life is to avoid as far as 
possible situations, circumstances, places, or even persons that could possibly encourage one to sin. Yeah. Which that is way harder than what it sounds, right? To just completely turn away from things that you've, you've attached to, you like. You know, people you like, places right. you like. Right. Um, but if you're alcoholic, you avoid bars. You use that as an example. Um, so it's hard to do. It's, but it's a necessity. I have stuff to say about this. All right, we'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. So fortuitous. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about how sin is the worst. It is the worst. It's definitely the worst. You cannot think of anything that's worse it's than sin. It's ruined everything. totally the worst. But it, you know. There's nothing worse than sin. Nothing. Nope. I just, tried, I just tried to think again, and nope, there's nothing worse than sin. Um, okay, so I really like this quote about how, like, if you really want to, if you're committed to the devout life, you need to avoid the near occasions of sin, essentially, is, is what they're saying. And I'll just tell you that, like, this is so true because there there is a slippery slope that leads to the slippery slope, even. Ooh. Okay? There have been times in my life where it was like, I knew I was not going to succumb to this sin, but I enjoyed being tempted by it. Mm. Have that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, uh, that's actually the next part. I knew, okay, oh, going. is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, because, I mean, I, mean I knew I am not going to do this. But just even being the, even having the temptation is a little bit thrilling, you know. Like, and it was uh, kind of exciting, even just like having the temptation there. And I, knowing there is no way I'm going to do that, and I didn't. And I, you know, like that's happened to me before. But I've, like, you know, finally came to the realization: like I am just enjoying the temptation, which is a slippery slope to a slippery slope where I actually do that thing. Yeah. Uh, he even says, it's one thing to stop sinning. It's quite another to stop wanting to sin. Yeah. Because you're, you've attached your, you know, your intellect, your will, to this pleasure that is not, uh, you know, it's not correct. It's not, it's not being used to its proper end. And so you're, you're attached to that. Mm-hmm. And then you try to break away from it you know, with virtue. In God, obviously, God's grace. We're not Pelagianists, but, right? Um, I'm uh, not anyway. I mean, I'm not either. Okay, just for the record. Good. As you're opening my to, cause for for, for sainthood, no, punch. on record, I'm not a Pelagianist. Punch you in the face. Good, <laughs> good, Saint Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, Saint so- Nicholas, pray for me. <laughs> pray for my fist. Anyway, uh, I was going to get into a rabbit trail, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to focus. Would have been a good one, though. It would have been a good one, but we're going to keep going. We're not going to do it. So, so would have been a good the one. second purification. Once you once you have started, uh, you know, going to frequent confession. Uh, and avoiding these temptations, the next thing he talks about is this attachment to sin, right? Because even, just because you stop doing it doesn't mean you don't have this desire to kind of to still do do that. You, you remember all the the pleasure that it caused you. Right. You remember, you know, all the endorphins that were released. Whatever it is, uh, you you've made a habit of this sin, and so in order of this vice, and in order to even though if you've uh, you've stopped doing it, you still have this void of of wanting to do it, right? And so. Uh, he says that there are penitents who leave sin yet without leaving their longing for sin. I you mean, know, that's, uh, and I think that that is, there's nothing you can do about that. That's part of the process. Well, you, you leave the sin, but you, it's, it's because it's damaged you. It's going to take you. It's not like you can do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God, we grow in holiness the same way we grow physically, um, it's slow at first. And then as then you, your biceps just bulge, right? Exactly. And then it's just like this is ridiculous, right? Yeah. And you don't even notice and, until one day you just look down and you're like, "Check these guns out." Yeah, I didn't. Even, sweet, I look awesome. Uh, but like, you know, I mean, like a a person will grow sort of uh, babies grow kind of fast, and then they stop, and then you know a person will hit puberty and they grow fast again. I mean, that's very similar to the way you grow in holiness. You have this conversion experience where you have this change of life. I'm going to do everything. Right, okay? And then things get hard and you uh you know, you maybe you get to where you stop committing mortal sin. And then there's a it's a it's kind of a slog from there where you can actually give up this the desire for sin, you know, the these deep-seated attachments that don't let go easily. You know, uh and like this for this is like my struggle is wrang like uh, wrangling in wrangling in reigning in or wrangling yeah that's kind of, wrangling's a good verb I like it that's uh my we're, we're cowboys my now appetites yeah. okay and I you know I have learned to say no to my appetites most of the time um but forming them is so hard you know the fact that I still desire things. In a disordered way, sometimes you know, like I do want to eat five pieces of chocolate cake. Or I want to. Or how many times do we uh, look back on some of the things that we used to do that was either stupid or like ridiculous, and we kind of glorify these sins? We yes. look back and say, yes, like, that was like a thing I I realized, like, oh, here, I, you know, I graduated from college. You know, it really, at, we both turned our lives around after college. Um, but I would still kind of brag about how big of a sinner I used to be. Like, oh, let me tell you the stuff I used to do, you know. And I was reveling in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was glorifying my sins mm-hmm. instead of uh, putting them. It was, it was a disordered, disordered thing. And I will tell you though that I can look back, and this is, I think, a healthy exercise, and say, you know what? I don't desire. My appetites are more formed than they used to be. I don't desire. What do you credit that to? Uh, grace. Yes. Um, striving for virtue. I mean, pr- my prayer life is, is fasting. B- fasting is a big part of it. Uh, but it's. I think it's if you are earnest in your desire to grow in your in your in holiness, um, it might be hard, and you might just say, think that you're failing and failing and failing. But I assure you that you're not. I'll bet if you say I've done nothing but fail for the last five years, I'll bet you can actually look back at yourself five years ago and say, you know what. 
actually, I don't, like, yeah, I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. You know, I, I'll bet you there are there are a lot of things that you can say that you are better at you don't yeah. that you don't notice. Let me you know? hit you with this quote. I want to get your thoughts on it. He says, uh, "People would like much to be able to sin without being damned." Totally. Oh, if that was an option, it would be popular. <laughs> popular. I mean, isn't that interesting though? I mean, like if you could like because I I can I can even think like oh I, I can't. This is the idea of like being like an imperfect and a perfect understanding of of a love of God, right? You know, there's there's this imperfect love of God, which is like I'm just worried about being damned. I don't want to do. I don't want right. to do. I just sins. don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go. To, I don't want to go to hell. And, I mean, but, I don't want to be a saint. I just, I just don't want to go to hell. hell, right? And then there's a perfect love of God, which is the 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 deep love that you have for God that you desire not to offend Him and that you want to love Him, right? Right. Um, and want to be closer to Him, and anything that that takes you away from Him, you don't want to do, right? Uh, and, which and it has nothing to do with and I think your, quant- anything you'll benefit or not. It's simply to do with His the will. fact that God is the greatest good, and like I must, you just your love for Him impels compels you. To, to a service. You know? and I, this quote of seeing without being damned really gets to you when you are about to commit sin and you're thinking, well, it's not mortal sin. It's just venial. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. you can just de-escalate it in your head. Well, yeah. Or what used actually, to get me was, well, I already need to go to confession. Yeah, the sin of presumption. Yeah, you know, it's like I well, I'm already gonna go to confession on Sunday because I already need to go. Like I already lost. My, uh, you know, I already lost. What's the grace? Yeah, the grace. I didn't get a lot of sleep this last weekend. Uh, you didn't last weekend. Sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace. I already lost sanctifying grace in my soul. Like, man, as well, like, have a good time until confession on Saturday. You know, right. like, that used to get me. Yeah. Yeah, sin of presumption. Yeah. But I also want to, you know, give you guys hope. If you, because what will happen is, like, even if you, you, you put more to sin out of your life or you, you're, you're living a virtuous life, all of a sudden you'll slip up again. And you'll be like, oh, huh? What, what was that? What was that? I've not struggled with that in forever. Um, do not despair. Like the worst thing you can do is despair and and lose hope. This is like a yeah. double whammy that that the devil does, right? He causes you, you know, he he'll tempt you. He is to good sin. at double whammy. Yeah, and then make you fall into despair where you won't go to confession. And right. Um. So don't do that. Do not do that. Um. Get back to confession, and then uh, the Lord is like. Waiting for you in open arms to to, to welcome you back. So uh, one of the things he's talking about, though, even whenever it's talking about venial sin, he's talking about like you know. So we're going we're we're, we're Which eliminating is really where the the whole like life holiness of holiness begins. Begins, yeah. yeah. And he talks about he says one should not voluntarily. Nur- this is kind of goes back to what Juan was just saying. One should not voluntarily nourish uh, the will to continue to preserve any kind of venial sin because this would be too great of a wickedness. To choose knowingly to keep in our conscience a thing so displeasing to God as a willfulness to offend Him, like yeah. to understand, like even though a, a small sin, which you were talking about, like if we understood what really sin was, it would be, you know, it would be devastating. Right. Uh, but to understand that, oh, it's just a small sin, but to knowingly know that this is going to displease God and then choose to do it anyway. Is just, yeah. I feel like there is a you're like you have the shadow of grave matter here when you're saying, 
I know this sin is bad. It's a venial sin. I mean, but I know what it is. I'm going to keep it on purpose. Not because, oh, I really want this other piece of cake. It's different between saying like, well, I I know I said I was only going to have one. I am going to have a second piece of cake. You know, like, I'm not saying that's a venial sin. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But to say like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to root out that second piece of cake because I know it's only a venial sin. So now I think that is the fact that it's like you're saying, no, I'm not, I'm going to preserve this venial sin. You're now loving a sin more than God. So I think that that is the shadow of grave matter. Mm-hmm. You could actually have grave matter there because you're saying, I'm going to intentionally, on purpose, choose a lesser good over a higher good, you know, and like, I'm going to shun God knowingly, on purpose, so I can have this venial sin in my life. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, to me, it's the shadow of grave matter. So, in order to continue doing this, if you're listening on the radio right now, go to our podcast, thecatholicmanshow.com, because we're going to talk about the necessity of prayer in the devout life on, the, on uh, outside of the podcast, or outside of the radio show. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So, raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. So it goes through... What do you think about that? Before, like, we just keep going? Do, I mean, like... I've thought about this as well. I, have you? Like, yeah, because I, I, I have... Cause, like, it just now occurred... Like, no, I've thought about this before because uh, I'm a sinner and I just, like, to, want to, like... to succumb to a venial sin. And then it's another thing to say, I'm going to save... I'm going to save and protect that venial sin because I love it so yeah. much. It's like, now you're What's on the, purpose like, what choosing do I, a venial sin. What do I... Uh, have to do to not go to hell yeah i i don't know i mean that seems to me that like you're now loving sin more than god it's not that you are have a weakness that you're succumbing to of this venial sin over but and but over you're choosing and over to do again. it because i like i'm on purpose venial sinning you know and i'm gonna like i'm gonna try i'm gonna go out and look for venial sins to do i mean it's sort of like this this is a bad analogy, but no, well, no, I like bad analogies. No analogies are great. Okay, so like don't they all s- break down at some don't point. Don't send me an email telling me how bad you think it's of analogies. David is. at stmichaelradio.com. That is my, in fact, my email. <laughs> and like, you, you won't get a response. Okay, <laughs> believe me, I will let you know. You will not get it. I email him at that email yeah. and don't get responses. Right. So. I mean, like, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, just because you have my email doesn't mean you get a response, okay? <laughs> like, I don't owe you anything, okay? <laughs> but it's sort of like, um, it might be, you say, I would like to dress up for Mass. And then you wake up in the morning and you say, you know what? I'm not going to put on a suit. I, I'm too tired. I'm just going to wear, like, some regular clothes. I'm going I'm to wear, like, just some really, I'm gonna, I'm, flip-flops are easier. I'm just going to wear flip-flops. I know I shouldn't. I'm just going to do it, though, anyway, because it's easier and I'm tired. Okay? That's one thing. It's a different thing to say, you know what? I'm going to wear flip-flops on purpose to disrespect the mass. Who's thinking that? Well, uh, nobody's thinking that. But, like, let's say it's one thing to, like, not dress up for mass. And then it's another thing to dress up 
dress yourself down on purpose in order to be disrespectful to the mass. Okay, that's analogous to saying it's one thing to say like, ah, I, I know I shouldn't have this second piece of cake, but I'm just weak and I'm going to do it. And then it's another thing to say, you know what? Today, I'm going to have two pieces of cake on purpose because it's a venial sin and it's only, ve- you know, like, because I'm going to do it on purpose because it's only venial. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm like looking for sins to commit. I'm like trying to commit a sin on purpose. So yeah. the, it's a, like, it's, it's one thing to like wear flip-flops to mass because you just like were lazy and didn't have the energy to put on your dress shoes. And then it's another thing to say, you know what? I'm going to try to disrespect the mass. So I'm going to dress myself. I'm going to show up like a slob on purpose. So that's kind of what saving, if you're saying like, no, I'm going to save this sin. I'm going to protect it. That's what you're doing. It's worse than what it sounds at first because you're like saying, no, like, I'm going to do this sin on purpose. I'm not even tempted right now to do it, but I refuse to root it out. I, I, I re- like, I'm not even experiencing the temptation. There's not even any cake here. But I'll tell you what, as soon as I see some cake, I'm going to eat too much of it. Have you been eating a lot of cake recently? No, but cake is like one of my favorite things. Okay. And so it's like, it's kind of like my thing that I talk about. Fair enough. Yeah. I talk about it a lot with liturgical living. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you do. I mean, let's be honest. Like cake, it's a, it's a great thing because it also, sell, it also represents like the height of like, hey, if, you, if there's cake at a place, you're celebrating something. You don't just have cake. He's like, hey, guys, I made a cake. It's like, you just made a cake? Yeah, I don't even know why. I just have it. You want to eat some? It's like, well... All right. Like, if you're eating cake for no reason, doesn't it feel weird? <laughs> you know what, Adam? I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. So we've, we've Sometimes focused- I'll put candles on it anyway. <laughs> just like to blow them out. Yeah. <laughs> Sing to myself. Yeah. So we talked about kind of like the... Ne- like, so when we're entering the devout life, we talked kind of about the negative, right? We talked about like the avoiding of sin. Yeah. Uh, the positive side is like the increase in prayer life, right? It, it is like entering into a, a a relationship with Christ. And this is something that I've been... Before we actually get into this, let, let me detract this before I even start. Great. This is... <laughs> I'm really rubbing off on you. Yeah. <laughs> before I say this, I want to say that I don't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> So this is something that I've been thinking about recently about my prayer life. Okay. Because we've had, uh, you know, I, I do sets. We've talked about prayer a lot lately, I think. It just seems like it's come up in our episodes well, a lot. Uh, it's because every time, like the last few times that it's been my topic, it's been about prayer. And probably because like I've been trying to get things sorted been out. Praying for a prayer life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just living on a prayer. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, so, teach me to pray. <laughs> um, so That's in the Bible, you know. Uh, Holy Spirit teach us to pray, uh, or Jesus teach me to teach us. To so pray. I'm curious. So so I have these regimented prayers, right? Good. Um, I pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray in the evening. I have specific prayers that we pray. You do, you do it three times a day. You pray. I try to. Like uh, on the hour. I try to uh, at uh, as soon as I wake up. I try to at noon for the Angelus. I try at three p.m. We for have the been divine. good about praying the Angelus lately. It's really because of my wife. I think she must have like decided. Like, we're hey, gonna we're going to do this. Because now my kids will come out or come into like, 
and it's just one of the things I love about working from home. Is you know, like that's what I said. Being I, able to pray the Angelus. I at said noon with I my said kids. that on our show like six months ago. Uh, I don't think I was praying the Angelus with the kids. I said that about ago. me. The one oh, of the you things, did. One of the things I liked about working from home it was, is that I get to pray the Angelus. It was only like three weeks ago that I finally, no, less than that. It was like probably ten days ago that I finally was able to actually be the one to lead the Angelus because I got it all memorized right. finally, like what do you, the order of it all. Right. I knew it before then. I just didn't have it memorized. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. I'll let you go for like five more seconds before okay. I interrupt you again. <laughs> okay. So I have all these regimented prayers, but I, I, I came to this realization that I wasn't actually spending like... A, time in in relationship with jesus right mm-hmm. i was saying these prayers out of obligation or out of like i knowing that i need to out of justice but i wasn't actually spending time um meditating or having contemplative prayer where it was a growing my relationship with jesus uh-huh. um it like started really bothering me right it started like i realized but you're probably and you're probably praying good things though you know like but right keep like going it's not but, like it's not like you're nonchalantly going through your prayers. No, I no, mean, no. I mean, it's like I'm taking my... not on purpose. Right. But if, I'm you, if you're prayer, like me, you don't do it on purpose anyway, you know. I, I take my prayer life seriously. Yes. But, but um, I was realizing, like, the only prayers I'm doing are the ones that I've carved out time to do. Like, they are uh, premeditated. They, I, I know what I'm going to be praying. Like, I'm not spending time with Jesus. Uh, and it was, like, bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I've tried you know, successfully and unsuccessfully, uh, to spend more time in just quiet in the mornings. Uh-huh. How's it going? It's hard. It's, it's hard, hard. To do, especially if you're just starting. That's really hard. I don't know. I, I, don't I mean, know. I've talked about this before. I've said it many times on the show. When we did Exodus 90, that's one of the things, you know, is that 20 minutes of contemplative prayer every day. And it just totally, it like rocked my world. Totally, mm-hmm. totally changed my life. And it's something that you just is uh, irreplaceable. I mean, I just cannot even imagine my prayer life without that 20 minutes. It, it's almost like my prayer life, I have these, you know, I still say my, these prayers I say in the morning, um, but that it's like they are just like the building blocks. I just now, get, like, I get to the point where it's like, how, like, I can't, like, how much more can I time to have you know if you if you're doing the auxiliary christian warm if you're doing the rosary if you're doing the divine mercy chaplet if you're doing the angelus if you're doing like all these different prayers throughout the day it's like how much more like time can i actually give yeah and the answer is more uh so like i just i'm just i'm just i just so there is a there is a point uh where continued like time and prayer would be disordered Sure, if if uh, if it, if it uh, like takes for, away from your vocation or right. your job or things like yeah, I yeah. You know, and there have been times where it's like um it just didn't work out. You know, like I'm praying and then all of a sudden something happens with like I have to stop praying. You know, Pamela needs all something happened like one of the girls peed on the floor or something, <laughs> you know, and like I have to go help <laughs> because like the baby's trying to like <laughs> walk over there and right right you know it's it's like a crisis okay <laughs> there are real crises that <laughs> take place in the niles house sometimes i will tell you yeah i know all about those uh, but for the most part 
the hardest thing, this is like one of those things that I've come to learn and I'm just terrible at, is that uh, like one of the keys to a prayer life is going to bed on time. That is, that I cannot right. overstate that point. You know that what? Since going my, to bed on time mm-hmm. is what fuels a good prayer life. You know what? Since my, so my, my, my family is gone right now. They're, they're uh, visiting my in laws uh-huh. uh, up in Oregon. And since they've been gone, because I don't have that time that I should, normally would spend with my wife, I have been getting to bed on time. I'm the uh, complete opposite. I'm such a, like, when my kids aren't here, I stay up till like one in the morning. I don't even know what I'm doing. I was like, the, I am not kidding. This is so shameful. I'm so embarrassed about this. The last time that happened, I think I watched like two movies. Okay. It was like, oh, dude, it I was been, like eight o'clock, and I was like, I'm going to watch a movie. And then when it was over, I was like, I'm going to watch another one. <laughs> and I was, by the time it was like, we, by the time the movie was over, it's like, my, my brain was just like, oh, like overstimulate. I could like l- l- literally feel that was in my, I could feel it in my body, how stupid of an idea it was and how just dumb I am. I was so embarrassed about it. I actually went to confession. There wasn't a mortal sin, but I was like, I have to like, I'm not going to let that for me. Like the spiritual battle is like a real, uh, like a real battle, like trench warfare. Like how much ground have you given? Right. Like, Sometimes you do things and you just know, like, I gave up some ground today. I'm going to go take it back. And right. I'm going go to go confession. to confession. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I'm going for that. Right. Like, that's what I'm going for. I'm going to confess some other stuff. But, like, that's the reason. <laughs> I'm you know? going. All right. So, like, yeah. St. Michael, back me up here because. Well, I've been actually, like, going to bed early, but getting up super early. That's, that's the key, man. Like, getting up early. There's, there's like, it starts your whole day the right way. Yes, because and, like, you can start praying. And then like, and then I get a bunch of, like, I was at the office at like six o'clock in the morning most of the time since I've been gone. And like, my office isn't open till nine. Uh-huh. So I have three hours that I get to knock out uninterrupted. Like, without. By the time everybody else gets there, it's like, you have no idea how much I've done today. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I ran four miles. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's like, I built a rocking chair this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get the wood? Father Pratt had wood in his office. (laughs) I just broke it down. I found he had some lovely trim boards on his, in his room, in his office. And those, I steamed them and they bent just right. And they're nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, but, uh, so like for someone like you or someone like who's starting a prayer, like contemplative prayer, I don't know how long you've been doing it. I mean, but, uh, one thing that like happened to me, and it probably happens to most people, is what? Okay, I'm praying now. Like twenty minutes seems like a long time, or however long it is. However long you decide to pray, it's going to seem like a long time. You're going to be tempted mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, what do you do? I have nothing else to pray. I don't know what like I've d- said all the stuff. Um, and so, just you know, like if I was Saint Francis de Sales, who's like off- offering very practical advice, I would say like, don't say anything. Just, uh, and this is like, it took me about a year to really learn how to do this. And I'm still obviously learning it. I mean, I you basically be. have perfected I mean, it. It's like pretty close, but like I've got like maybe half a percent. For the humility factor, I'm not quite there. But yeah, exactly. Um, it's just like resting in his love. Like just this idea of like, you know, thinking about how much he loves me and that that he loves you so much you can like, if you were aware of it, you could physically feel it. 
I mean, it would like overwhelm your senses. Yeah. Just like what he was saying about hell. Mm-hmm. Hell will overwhelm your, I mean, it will be all of your senses. Mm-hmm. So like his love is so penetrating. And just contemplating the idea that, like, is it more important to be loved or is it more important to love? The answer is it's more be important loved. to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is, uh, first of all, it's like the uh, first principle action of that, like our being is that we are loved. We would have no being if we weren't loved. You know, God loves us first and then we love in return. That's the reason we are even capable of loving is because he first loved us. So like just realizing and just contemplating his love and just like resting in and then just being totally quiet, not thinking of anything, just like sitting there, sort of like you would do in adoration. Like you don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. You just go to be with him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's waste time with yeah, him. Yeah, and it, it is weird and hard to do, uh, but like that's what I would say to do. And chances are if you do that for like 60 seconds, something else will come up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into a couple of these real quick because okay. we, we haven't even done this. Yeah, good I idea. Don't know, I don't know how long. How long are we going, Jim? Who cares? Are we? It doesn't matter. Look, they can stop listening if they want. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay, so one of the things he says, so if you're thinking like, hey, I'm living a, a pretty moral life. I, I'm not really even sinning. I'm not even a sinner, hardly. Like barely even I like sin. don't even do that. I barely even sin. He says, I mean, like just some venial sins. Barely. Like, barely. I mean. Yeah. He says, uh, prayer puts our intellect into clarity of the divine light and brings forth our weaknesses. So he understands, uh, he, he says, like, if that's what you're thinking, you need to be praying more. Uh, it's like that idea or, or like what our Lord said to Faustina about here she is. She's a, you know, Living a, a, a very moral life, like her prayer one of life. the holiest people ever. And he says, Look how far away you are. I mean, from God me. called her the apostle of his mercy. Right. I mean, like, and that he says, is Look how pretty, far away. It's pretty big. So yeah, it's, look it's how far a, you are from me. That it, was like so powerful in the book. It was like, so it's the understanding of knowing yourself, right? In order to know yourself, you need to uh, be able to see yourself as God sees you. Yeah. Uh, which is very, very hard. But the more intimate you become with God, the more you can uh, realize all of your defects. Yeah. So he said, so that's one of the things he says. Humility. He also says, uh, focus your main prayer time at the beginning of the day when you're arrested, which is what we've talked right. about. Yeah. You know, we talked, we actually said that just not too long ago, mm-hmm. but he says, you know, the main, so he talks about the main, main time for prayer. He says is, is before, uh, uh, dinner time, which dinner, he actually means lunch. Cause supper is, dinner for them back okay, in the day yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah but he says uh if you're gonna pray for an hour pray it right before lunch because lunch is your big hearty meal of the day um and so he says you know say your morning prayers but your main prayer of the day should be before lunch that is interesting advice because sometimes when you like i always play pray right when i get up right and, i do too I and mean, there are like there's certainly like a challenge some days more than others you know, depending on how successful I was at going to bed early, I'm like groggy and like uh, it is difficult, sometimes impossible, to actually focus on an idea. Um, and it's uh, like very often I'll find it's not till the end of my, like the very end of when I'm praying. I mean, now it's time for me to go do other things because I have, uh, you know, things, yeah, I have things I have to do. That it's like, all right, well, I had like two minutes of real prayer today. And I, in my opinion, 
like the other minutes, um, like typically it takes me about 30 minutes to pray, be like between my, like the prayers I say, it's like those other 28 minutes were worth those two. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I would like to have it where it wasn't just two minutes. <laughs> right. You know, I strive for more than that. Right. Uh, so it's still good. But in the morning, it is a challenge. That's interesting. That he says that. I know. That's what I thought, too. Because most of the spiritual directors you hear say, like, your, your best time of prayer is early in the morning. Uh, yeah. You know, when you first wake up. But anyway, so he says that. Here's the next one that I, uh, I struggle with a lot. He says, do not rush to say many prayers. But teach yourself to say what you say lovingly. That is so true. So there's like, how many times do you, or at least for me, I'll be like, "Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Holy Mary, Mother God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of death." And like, go to the next one because like, I'm just like, I know I have 15 minutes or 12 minutes to pray this rosary, or I'm not going to get my rosary in today. Yeah. So I am just flying through the rosary um, without really meditating, without really thinking about what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, that is like a, uh, I think, I don't know if it's American or whatever. It's certainly, I, I know it, is that we have this like, Catholics want to complete a rosary instead of pray a rosary. In my opinion, it is not that important if you actually finish the rosary. If you pray, if you pray half of a rosary well, if you pray one decade really well, that is a hundred thousand times better than finishing the kind of rosaries that I often pray, where I finish them and go like, did I pray the rosary? What mysteries? You know, like, I have prayed so many rosaries in my life where I did zero contemplation. Mm-hmm. I was 100% mentally distracted the whole time. I mean, it's zero prayer that I offered, but at least I can check the box I pray right. the rosary today. You know what I mean? Right. I and I, I hate that. And I don't like some days I don't know what to do about it because I'll say, Oh, it always catch me at the end of the end of the mystery. It's like oh, I'm doing the glory be. Like I didn't even think about the Did crowning you, with thorns. Right. I didn't even it didn't I was thinking about something else, you know, completely. Thinking about cake. But I tell you what, this next one here on the carrying of the cross. I'm gonna dominate it. I am gonna really. What kind of cake do I want? Right. He's like, he's like, you know what? I do think Bavarian cream icing is better if it's a dark chocolate cake as opposed to like a regular chocolate cake. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, and I'm not kidding. I was like, all right, here we go. Our Father, who's like somewhere else, and uh, and now it's like that's how quickly I get distracted. I know that, th- like. You know, like we all have a guardian angel. It used to be a more common image where you've got the good angel and the bad angel on your shoulder. I'm almost sure that that's true. Like I have a demon assigned <laughs> to me as well. And he thinks that he like just makes fun of me all the time for how easily distracted I am when I pray. I mean, yeah, he's like, hey, hey, like a cat with a like a laser pointer. Mm-hmm. That's got to be me when I pray. I don't like. I I hope it's not just me. Actually, I hope it is just me. I hope other people don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's just terrible. But I like also have through that struggle have come to the realization that like there's no need to finish the rosary. It is better to just slow down, stop. Like uh, if I really actually want to get a lot out of the Our Father, there is one thing I can do. It's just like if you want a silver bullet, here it is slow down 
That is it. Slow down. I mean, it, it, it stops, it breaks your rhythm. It breaks your, like, I think it breaks your memory, muscle, muscle memory. And, like, you actually have to say the words. Mm-hmm. Like, it disrupts this pattern of distraction that is, like, a habit. For me, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if, if, that's, if you just can do that, just slow down. Pray slowly. A, you'll have a lot to do in your 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, like, not that I think you should be saying our fathers during your 20 minutes of silent contemplation, if that's what you're doing, but, like, who cares if you finish the rosary? Pray it for 20 minutes and stop. Mm -hmm. If it's a good 20 minutes, that's way better. Speaking of the rosary, the next one he says, which is very interesting, uh, he says, the rosary is a great starting point. But if you have advanced to contemplative prayer, and I say contemplative because I think he actually uses interior, but this is what he means is contemplative prayer, you should always keep that as your principal place. I have not read any of these things, but like, it's been working out really well. Yeah, I mean, uh, so he's saying, uh, so keep he, he, contemplative uh, prayer is the is it, the primary. Is the right? high, so contemplative it's prayer a deeper is, union of is prayer. A, yeah, is a higher form of prayer than meditative prayer. So he says, like, if you are at the the point in your spiritual life that you can. Uh, have contemplative prayer on a regular basis that should be your principal type of prayer now if you can also pray the rosary or another type of type of meditative prayer on top of your contemplative prayer that is a that that is a that is a a, a very good but but contemplative prayer should be your so he, he uses the example of like if you're about to have to go to work and you have 15, well, he didn't use 15 minutes, but he said basically, if you're about to have to go to work and, you're about to, and you still have your prayer time and you have time to either pray, like have a contemplative prayer or the rosary, you always use contemplative prayer. And if you don't get your rosary in that day, it's better to have the contemplative prayer. Yeah. And it's not like you can just force contemplative prayer. You can't just no. say like, no, no, no. all right, and now let's do the contemplation, right? Because that's a little And kind now, of, yeah, right. That's like saying, all right, and now we'll do the Marian apparition. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that's just not the way it works. Well, it's like, and now we will do 400 pound bench presses. It's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't just get to a 400 pound. If you can bench 400 pounds, you can just sit down and bench it. But most people have to work their way to 400 pounds. But sometimes, uh, like even if you often do have contempt, like true contemplative prayer, it doesn't mean that you can just sit down. I mean, it takes, I think, time to like, all right, you start, it's like a process of like, uh, getting your mind in the right frame, you know, setting setting your person, your soul in the right frame of mind, and then like uh, like chewing on, you know, you start with something more more natural, and then you like slowly ascend like the ladder into contemplative prayer. It's not like you can just beam me up, Scotty. Right. I mean, some I think actually some saints like I think you can get to a point actually where you do that, right. where you can actually. Thank- uh, go to did. like ec- uh, ecstatic prayer I right think. away. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but that is, you know, it's like if you can do that, like you should be listening to our podcast. Yeah. Okay, like you should probably have your own. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but, but okay, so that, but, that actually. So this is a good point. I just, I'm sorry. I know I'm like totally dominating this episode, but no, like, that's I good. Just, I have so many awesome things to say today. Uh, like this is something that Father Sean O'Brien, he told my brother in law, he told me that like, he got to the point where he was like, kind of thinking, like, yeah, the rosary is good, but it's not actually what you should be doing in adoration. And I was kind of surprised when he said that. 
because I was thinking, I'm pretty sure there's a indulgence for praying the rosary in adoration. And I like those. Mm-hmm. I like oh, them. I'm a big I like fan. Those, yeah. I like a lot. I like know? to buy them. But... I, but right yeah you can pay for them did you know that you, like ever since the middle ages you've been able to just like adam at saint michael catholic right you can just pay for them but anyway uh like you should when you pray the rosary in adoration, that was a joke i just joke. like it was, it was a, joke. a joke people know it was a joke well just if, if you don't know that was a joke like you have no sense of humor come on life is hilarious but when you pray the rosary, you should, I think, be in the frame of mind that you're ready and willing to abandon the rosary at any time. Okay, dude. That's so what, f- for this. Like, that's the next it, one that's, that, that we're talking about. It says, when you're saying, vo- when you're saying vocal prayers, if, you're, you're, you're sense, uh, if you sense your heart drawn and invited to interior or mental prayer, do not refuse to follow it, but let your spirit glide gently into that direction. So, See what I'm saying? So... And, and that's something. I was just also, talking about number four, but you read number five. Well, because the, it actually bleeds right into that. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, and that's something also that I think that is 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 tough for men because you want to be in control. You're trying to be in control of your prayer life. This is yeah. a, this is a whole denial of yourself, right? So it's like, no, I need to pray the rosary, and then like God is like calling you into a, a deeper union with Him. You're like, no, I'm trying to pray the rosary, God. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to. Yeah become closer to you please stop um and this is just a whole like would you let me do it would you let me yeah exactly and this is just this whole at least maybe maybe it's not i think for men probably for for the most part but at least for me i mean it's like a lot of times i'll I'll catch myself trying to control my prayer life trying to control like how i'm supposed to grow closer to god um that's just something that i think a lot of men struggle Mm -hmm. with is not being in control yeah that is it that is a challenge uh because we just aren't wired that way mm-hmm. uh okay so the 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 last one uh, he actually has like 10 or 11 i think but i only picked six because i didn't want this to be a seven hour episode you hated the last ten, like the last four no i just didn't want it to be a seven hour episode uh if you miss morning prayer mm-hmm. and it is evening you should pray uh Oh, I, I, that was a mis- that was a typo. Um, it says like probably before some some book of devotion with penance that may settle the rest of the, the shortcoming. So he basically says if you go throughout the whole day and you realize, oh, I haven't prayed today, you should pray, but then also do like pray and then add a little bit more of like something from your devotional book or something like that. But then also do some kind of penance. For not praying throughout the day, mm-hmm. because it, it, and he understands uh, the wisdom of Saint Francis is saying he's saying like he knows that habitual prayer is important. Having a regular prayer life, a, a scheduled prayer life, is very important. And when you abandon that prayer life voluntarily, this this habit that you're forming, you need to correct yourself back to you know getting back into that prayer life, which will cause which. You have to do through well, and doesn't it's, I'm just reading it. It looks like he makes a distinction between voluntary and involuntary, like yes. So if you because sometimes you know like well, but uh, I mean for instance, uh, you were on your whatever on your way, like your car breaks down, and uh, I'll tell yeah, you, I'll tell you one time, I uh, like a year and a half ago was trying to get my 20 minutes of prayer in while I was in the uh, urgent care. 
And then they wheel, they whisked me away to the hospital because I had a collapsed lung. You know, I like didn't get my 20 minutes in that day because... Well, you're probably going to hell. I was like going to the hospital and stuff. You know, like that's kind of a crazy example. But like sometimes stuff happens when you're trying to... Like sure. especially, this is what makes me nervous about scheduling your prayer right before lunch and not first thing in the morning. I might give it a try, uh, but I know that... The later I schedule my prayer, mm-hmm. like it's a increasingly increasing percentage of me not doing it. Right. I think the reason why he says it before lunch, though, is because like, well, you don't get to eat until you pray. Yeah, but and like if maybe lunch that is means- your big meal, like in his uh, in that time period, lunch was the big meal. So and dinner was very like was, very yeah, small. Yeah. So like if you're big, if you are hungry and you're ready to eat, uh. You pray for an hour beforehand, and you can't eat until you until you get that knocked out. Yeah, I just think, I I, I think it's interesting. I haven't ever tried it that way. I just know, I, I just know that the later later in the day, the more likely it is that I don't do it. Right, because something comes up, something happens that is outside of my control. You know, like kind of a you know the other side of this control issue. Like, I do want to control parts of my, my prayer life. I want to control the outside world from interfering with my prayer life. Mm-hmm. And the later in the day that goes, the less control I have over that. Protect, unless, you know, I can't guard it as well. Right. So, but, I mean, you, so you have to, I think it's important to, like, take these ideas in a way that, like, works for you. Right. Because a lot and of pe- I, a lot of people, just, I think, just read. You should read this book. You absolutely, should, you should yeah. read this book. It, it will, it will. It's, it's one of those. Book. You will. It will change your life. Books. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people. Jim, you should read it. Jim's gonna read it. Jim, Jim, he's definitely.